Welcome to Getting Healthcare Right, a bi-monthly podcast about the business of healthcare. Brought to you by TriHealth and hosted by Jamie Smith, president and publisher of the Cincinnati Business Courier. In this podcast series, we explore changes being made by some healthcare systems to provide care differently and in a way that benefits patients, employers, and entire communities all while costing less than traditional healthcare delivery. It's about getting healthcare right. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Getting Healthcare Right, brought to you by the Cincinnati Business Courier and presented by TriHealth. I'm Jamie Smith, president and publisher of the Cincinnati Business Courier. Today, we have Dr. Stephen Blatt, TriHealth Medical Director for Infectious Diseases to discuss what we need to know this season about flu and COVID. Dr. Blatt, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, glad to be here. As we head into the fall and winter months, what is it we should know about where we stand with the flu and COVID cases? And kind of what's the forecast for this upcoming flu season? Well, the CDC uh, thinks we're going to have a pretty bad flu season. And if you look at what happened in the Southern Hemisphere, they had a busy flu season and it came relatively early. So that's what we're concerned about. COVID is also a little bit difficult to predict, but right now we're in a little bit of a COVID resurgence and all of the hospitals in town are admitting a fair number of COVID patients. Nothing like we saw back in the winters of 2021 and 2022, but uh, certainly more cases than we saw throughout the summer. Are we still in a pandemic or an endemic at this point? What are you saying? Yeah, I would say that we're evolving into an endemic period so that, you know, over 95% of people in the country are at least partially immune to COVID now, either through vaccination or having had the disease at least once or twice. So almost everybody is partially immune. So that means people don't get as sick as they did. And that's really when it evolves into an endemic situation. The majority of the population is somewhat immune. And and so we don't see as many hospital admissions. We don't see as many deaths, uh, but it's still a serious illness. Nobody wants this if they can avoid it. You talked about COVID and a lot of the hospitals seeing patients coming back in for it. Who's at the greatest risk of severe illness with COVID right now? So really it's the elderly people over age 65 and particularly the very old patients over age 80 or 85 are the ones that we're seeing getting admitted to the hospital and those people who are immune suppressed. So people who've been getting cancer chemotherapy, maybe somebody who's had an organ transplant. Those are the people who really have a tough time with COVID because their immune systems can't fight it off. Okay, that makes sense. Talk a little bit about both flu and COVID vaccinations. Let's start with the flu. How does that flu vaccine work and what does it target when you get that? Yeah, so the current flu vaccine protects you against four strains of flu, two type A strains and two type B strains, and it helps your body develop antibodies against proteins on the surface of the virus so that you can fight it off that way. It's a very effective vaccine. If we look at what happened in the Southern Hemisphere, the vaccine was actually quite effective. Some years there's not a very good match between the vaccine and the circulating strains of flu, but this year, at least in the Southern Hemisphere, it was a good match. And how about the COVID vaccine? I know there's a new booster out now. What is that doing and who is it targeting? Yeah, so there's a new COVID vaccine that's out 
that is specifically targeted against the types of strains that are currently in circulation. So uh, you'll see all these letter designations, but this one's particularly targeting the XBB strains of the Omicron subvariant of COVID. And it's highly effective in helping patients build antibodies against uh, COVID, which is how you protect yourself from getting sick. I feel like early on, you know, 2020, 2021, maybe even early 22, everyone seemed to be getting the vaccinations. Last year, I don't know, it seemed like, I don't know if it was a majority, but a lot of people opted not to receive the vaccine. What are the advantages and the risk of receiving that COVID vaccination? Well, I think there was some COVID vaccine fatigue. You know, they kept coming out with, you know, boosters and, and primary series. It got very confusing. And I think most people felt like they had been adequately vaccinated after they had a couple of doses of vaccine. What we learned is that the COVID vaccine, although it's highly effective in preventing you from getting sick and getting in the hospital or ending up on a ventilator, it still doesn't protect you 100% from getting the disease itself. It just keeps you from getting very sick. So I think people decided that they'd had enough vaccines. And for healthy people, you know, that may have been the right answer. For people who are elderly or immune suppressed, though, they need to continue to keep their immune systems protected so that they don't get sick from COVID. And, and I think that's really where last year's vaccines came into play was trying to protect those very elderly or immune suppressed patients. And so now the vaccine that's targeted against the current circulating strains, I think that would really be helpful for most people. I mean, the CDC has recommended it for everybody over age six months. I mean, if you're young and healthy, you probably can get through COVID okay. But if you're older or have a lot of medical issues, this vaccine, I think, could really be helpful. What are the risks that some people may be fearful of? Or what are you seeing that maybe are valid risk? So with the COVID vaccines, a lot of people had a pretty sore arm for a couple of days. Some people had fever, felt real run down. With any vaccine, it stimulates your immune system. And so those are some of the signs that your immune system has been activated. So I think those are some of the concerns. With some of the mRNA vaccines, there were concerns in young, healthy males about having heart problems. And for that subgroup of patients, you know, maybe uh, there's other kinds of vaccines for COVID that are now out there that are not the mRNA type. Those are going to be approved soon with uh, updated subtype against the currently circulating strains. So that would be an option for that subgroup of patients. Do we know yet how well this vaccine is working on the current strands? Yeah, it seems to be working really well in that you'd build up a high level of antibodies against the currently circulating strains of COVID. So that's the big advantage of the new vaccine is it's specifically targeted to the subvariants of the Omicron that's out there in circulation. And how about the flu vaccine? What kind of protection does that provide? I know I've you know, had many people say they don't get the flu shot because they end up feeling worse once they get it than they don't. But I've had one I feel like every year for the last 10 years and haven't had the flu. I'm going to knock on wood. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So some years the flu vaccine is not very well matched to the strains that are in circulation. But so far this year, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good match. In the Southern Hemisphere, it was at least 50% protective in preventing people from getting the flu and even more protective in preventing people from getting seriously ill and getting admitted to the hospital. So, you know, when we can get 50 to 60% protection from developing any flu in the community, that's actually quite good. When you talk a lot about vaccinations and you talk about those that are maybe immune compromised or have had transplants, 
I'm assuming the benefit of others getting that COVID vaccination is really strong when you're around those people. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have a family member who's immune suppressed or someone in the family who's quite elderly that you're providing care for, I mean, you're really protecting them by protecting yourself. So if you come down with flu or COVID and you're, you know, taking care of that patient, you're going to be at high risk to give them the disease. So you can kind of think of it as a prevention for that person even more than yourself. Yeah, makes sense. So last winter, we heard a lot about RSV cases. First off, what is RSV? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so RSV is a virus called respiratory syncytial virus. And it's been out there for a long time, and we've known that it causes severe disease in particularly infants, uh, newborns, as well as the very elderly or immune-suppressed patients. But we haven't had any way to prevent it, really. But now there are a number of new vaccines that can help prevent RSV infection, and that's really helpful for those newborns who are at risk and the elderly. What are the advantages to receiving those vaccines? I'm assuming like the others, but you know, what is the biggest advantage you're seeing? Yeah, so the big problem with RSV is it it really attacks newborns uh, within the first six to eight months of life when they really are unable to produce their own antibodies very well, and they may not have much in the way of mom's antibodies because mom maybe hasn't had RSV infection in the last 25 years. So the big protection is to help protect uh, newborn infants, and there are a couple different new vaccines out there for RSV in infants. One of them actually provides antibodies what are called monoclonal antibodies that block RSV from attacking the infant's lungs, and another kind of vaccine that triggers the infant's immune system to produce antibodies. So those uh, vaccines are, you know, currently available, and they'll be recommended this winter to prevent newborns from getting RSV. Have you seen, you know, obviously I have adult children now that are in their late 20s and early 30s, but have the vaccination requirements for children changed a lot since COVID and RSV and everything else that's hit us the last few years? Well, there certainly are a lot more options now. So, you know, parents are having to deal with pretty complicated vaccine schedules, but they're all important. So we, you know, we don't want to see a resurgence of common diseases like measles and mumps. So the kids continue to need to be vaccinated with MMR and all the usual childhood vaccines, plus the new vaccines for, you know, COVID and flu and and RSV if you're a newborn. So it can be complicated. But on the other hand, there's huge amount of data that these are incredibly effective, safe vaccines. Now, TriHealth has been uh, producing this podcast for over a year now, and it's really focused on TriHealth's population health model of medicine, which really strikes to keep people living better and healthy lives. What can patients do day to day this fall, this winter to maintain their health from flu, COVID and RSVP? And if by chance they do contact one of these, what's your words of advice? Well, I think all the usual recommendations to stay healthy, so eat right, have a well-balanced diet, get some exercise. I mean, that's a difficult problem in the wintertime. You know, people don't feel like getting out and walking and that sort of thing. But keeping your general health up is a really important thing that will get you through the wintertime flu and COVID season. And then if you do get ill with a severe respiratory illness, get tested because we have lots of options for treatment now. There are antiviral medications for the flu, and there are antiviral medications for COVID now. And if you're an older immune suppressed patient or even uh, have a lot of medical comorbidities, those antiviral medications can help you from getting sick from the illness. We also have tests for RSV now. 
And so if you're an otherwise healthy person and you develop RSV, you can stay away from your elderly grandparents or parents and keep them from getting sick from RSV. I know early in the pandemic, uh, there were often, you know, waiting times to get uh, these vaccinations. Oftentimes you had to wait you know, so long from the last one. Right now, is it pretty available wherever you go? Yeah, so the flu vaccines are just arriving in our clinics and we will be starting to dispense those next week. We're waiting on the delivery of the COVID vaccines, but we expect those in the next week as well. They're just being sent from the manufacturer. So we would expect that there'll be plenty of flu and COVID vaccine available as well as RSV vaccine in the next two to three weeks. Excellent. Well, Dr. Blatt, I can't thank you enough. As I mentioned before we went on air, I don't think this could be any more timely as, you know, summer's over and falls halfway through. We're almost to that winter season. As we mentioned, I'm hearing more and more of those COVID cases come back. So thank you for sharing this information with us. I want to thank you for your time. It means a lot. It just keeps adding more meaning to the population health journey that TriHealth is on. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in and remind them that they missed past episodes of Getting Healthcare Right. They can go to CincinnatiBusinessCourier.com and click on the menu to the top left, and you can look under Partner Content, and you'll see the Getting Healthcare Right, and you'll be able to listen to all past episodes. But again, Dr. Blatt, thank you, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for downloading Getting Healthcare Right, presented by the Cincinnati Business Courier and sponsored by TriHealth. To learn more, visit trihealth.com.